Here at the My Five Cents Podcast, we have a lot of fun on the show, but some things aren't to be made fun of. This episode is about the top signs someone might need therapy. While we had fun in this episode, it's important to recognize the signs if you or someone you love is in a crisis. For confidential support to anyone in suicide crisis or emotional distress, please call or text 988 to connect with the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Or if you or someone you know is a victim of domestic violence, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE or text LOVEIS to 22522. Or you could also call 1-800-985-5990 or text TALK WITH US to 66746 if you are suffering from mental health or substance abuse. And with that, let's get started in five Four, three, two, one. Let's go. It's so, so true. I'm the storyteller, dropping the realness from my experience. HLS in the building, me and Boundaries, we ain't never been friends. Yeah, it's the logical genius. I don't think you're ready for this knowledge I'm about to drop. You are now listening to My Five Cents. My Five Cents. My Five Cents Podcast. And welcome, welcome to another episode of the My Five Cents Podcast. If you like what you've been listening to or you are a first-time listener, go ahead and do the FFLLS. And please, HLS, explain to the people what the heck that means. (laughs) You should know by now. It's fine. Follow, listen, like, and share. There you go. So we want you to do all of those things. So how y'all doing today? Yo, I really can't complain, man. I really can't complain. I'm trying to get my head right. I hear yeah. that. Everybody need to get their head right. Yeah. I'm excited about the guest tonight. So I was, I did this, I saw this thing online from NPR. It's a stick figure, right? So you draw two stick figures and one about the person you are and you label it and another stick figure about the person you want to be. So it helps you figure out this stupid duality of your personality is super interesting and actually i'm trying to get some other my friends to do i need you guys to do it i think it's a great exercise and i want to give the the new rating that we're doing i want to give a five cents five cents rating you're giving it five cents giving it five cents man giving it five cents so what are your two personalities hls and hls you just stepping over lines continuously that's the funny thing right hls is a big part of me but at the same time there's this work person that has this physique, that has this person, that has this persona, that's not HLS. And that duality, I fight it all the time. So who ends up winning? That's what I'm trying to figure out. And that's why I'm super excited for our guest tonight. Who's our guest? That's, okay. that's, I'm super excited about guest tonight. Our guest tonight is a licensed clinical psychologist. She's been featured in such publications like Good Housekeeping, Business Insider, Vogue, The New York Times, Huffington Post, Essence, and that's just a few of them. In addition, She's an educator, speaker, health and wellness enthusiast, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. She especially likes to help women as they're most often expected to fit in these roles, right? And they're judged by how well they fit in. But the truth is, women are much more complex beings and often have difficulty fitting into society's box. So, without further ado, please welcome Dr. Melissa Robinson-Brown, or she would much rather be called Dr. Mel to the My Five Cent Podcast. Welcome, 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 Dr. Welcome, Mello. Dr. Bell. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for being on the show. As you can see, we don't typically let HLS do the intro, so, you know, this is a special <laughs> episode. This is a very special episode. What you doing we, that? 
We can edit that later. We can edit that later. Dr. Bell, first of all, what do you think about this thick figure activity and just having different personas as self? Is that a real thing or is that a multiple personality? Well, thank you so much. First, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I've been looking forward to being here. It's a really interesting exercise as HLS was starting to talk about this. I was like, hmm, stick figures. I was a little suspect at first. But the idea that we have different parts of ourselves and that we often have a self that maybe we show to the world and that there are pieces of who we are that maybe we don't always show that we wish we could embody. I could absolutely see and have seen many people struggle with that. Sometimes it's hard to integrate those two or three or four. Definitely, because I definitely have work me, which is suit and tie. <laughs> and then there's me, me, that's sweatpants and hoodie. There's two different versions of me for sure. Work me. You can say, hey, sir, how's it going? How are you today? And then Not the high voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, high, the high proper you, voice. You, know, you got to change it up. You sound too threatening. You know, kids sound too threatening at work. And then there's, you know, so-so Juve who's at home. So, yeah, I can definitely understand and respect those different positions. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I often wonder how easy it is for folks to try to incorporate those two, right? Because this idea of us having a work me, who's putting that restriction on us? And why are we adhering to it? Oh, you're getting into a deeper topic altogether. Uh, you know, it's the chains yeah, of society. It. I love it. I love the it. The chains but of society is making us do this. This is true. This is true. That that work life and the home life, you need the balance. You need that balance. And it's fortunate for people who can be their true selves at work. I bless those people. Definitely. Mm-hmm. There was a point in my career in which I started this new job and they wouldn't allow me to wear my braids. I had to keep my mm. hair in a ponytail for about a year until I finally went to the boss and I was like, hey, listen, like this is less professional. If then if I could do my hair rub, get it braided and have it look nice. And he was just like, all right, you can do that. But I work with young people. They were like, you got to explain to them why you're having this style like this. And I was like, yeah, I can educate people for sure. But yeah, the limitations was real that first year. My dating life was not real that first year. Working there, that's for sure. <laughs> when has your dating life ever been real? Oh, man, hey, I got receipts. <laughs> Dr. Mel, thank you again for being on the show. Can you explain to us more about what you do with women in terms of, you say you help women level up. Can you get into detail about that? Yeah, sure. A lot of what I do, the work that I do is very much inspired by my own journey of finishing school, going into academia, trying to follow prescribed sort of template of how you're supposed to hit success and mm-hmm. finding that it just didn't work for me and it wasn't set up for me to succeed. So I had to figure out how to do what I wanted to do to level up and chart my own path and still feel like I could be successful if I wasn't doing what the world told me that I had to do to achieve success. And so what I want to help women do is feel like they can chart their own paths. They can hit the, that whatever their definition of success is without having to follow some prescribed template that is usually super restrictive, doesn't necessarily fit for them, and is going to cause a lot more stress and anxiety and depression that they, than they actually want to deal with. So that's a lot of what I do with my clients. Got you. Now, as a therapist, right, and you're world renowned, let's just say that. Let's give you flowers now. You're famous, <laughs> at least in my eyes, right? <laughs> how do you keep track with all your clients through the years? How do you keep track of everybody's story? 
That's number one. Number two, do you ever get excited to see a client be like, oh, I wonder what tea they're going to spill now? Like what happened in their <laughs> episode of their life? Why are you always looking for dirt on other people, HLF? Like what, what's going on? <laughs> hey, Does that hey, make no, you happy? No names, no names to be given. Just spill the insider part of the mind of a therapist sure like, how does that work i'll tell you like something really funny really quickly my my administrative assistant my previous one i would sit with her and i would be talking about scheduling and without looking at anybody's chart i would say things like oh this person needs to reschedule but i know they can't meet right here because i know they have to work until two and then they usually have a break at three and i know this one picks up their kid at six and she would look at me and she'd be like how the hell do you remember all this shit about your client yeah and i was like yeah. Some of it is just when you work for yourself, the beauty of that is you work with your ideal clients. And when I'm working with my ideal clients, sometimes it's like sitting and talking with a girlfriend, but the difference is I hear your story, I get invested in your story, but I get to call you out on your shit without feeling mm. like that about it. But I just, I have this, I'm gonna call it a special gift to hold my client's stories to remember mm. from week to week. Because here's the thing, if I'm your therapist and you tell me something on week two and in week four, you're like, remember when I told you this story? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you're not going to feel seen, heard, held, yeah. any of that. So yeah. oh, I have true, to hear the stories. And then you said, do I get excited? I absolutely get excited to see. <laughs> sometimes it's about the tea, but sometimes it's just like, I get excited about the work that I do. Especially when yeah. someone comes in and they're like, I'm ready to work. I'm I'm ready to do the self-reflection. I've done the homework you gave me. I tried this new thing and I get excited to see people's progress. So especially when I have clients that are super invested like that in their growth, like I get very excited too. Follow up to that. <laughs> I've always think it's very interesting. How do you balance the emotional connection, right? Because these are real people and they have real stories and they're essentially spilling the beans to you. How do you balance the human side of it with the professional side of it like I, I would think that would be very difficult yeah so I professionalism is a doctrine written by white people okay so, I'm not about okay. It. so that's number one I do things that probably others would find to be maybe unprofessional okay I'll be like yes girl let's do a dance party and session like <laughs> I get invested and involved because I know that is going to help my client feel heard and seen I can't yeah. I am not about to be those traditional psychoanalysts that you see on tv glasses crazy hair blank slate just nodding your head just turn it off whenever they want yeah, to or whatever yeah. yeah that's not real and I see primarily women of color I do see women of all races but pr mm -hmm. my primary clients are women of color and knowing the black community they're not going to respond to a very stiff non-relatable therapist I don't do good work that way so yeah when you ask about balancing that connection, I do connect with my clients. It's a vibe. Come see me. So then Dr. Mel, how do you, in your profession, measure progress? You talk about progress, you're happy about the progress. How do you measure that? Really great question. It, a lot of it is dependent on the goals that people bring to their sessions. So I always start with what are the goals? Why are we here? And it, even if somebody's like, I'm just here to learn more about myself, I'm like, let's get real concrete about what that means. Because that's the only way to measure progress. If we just say, I want to get better, what does that mean? Does that mean you're sleeping better? Does that mean you're making better choices when it comes to the friends you have or the partners you pick? 
Does that mean that you're not tolerating the bullshit at work anymore? What does it mean for you to get better? So if I can define the goals in the beginning, then when I check in with them every two or three months and say, hey, I'm noticing that you have been doing better in responding to your mom's toxic behavior. Like this last time, right? I literally just had a client where we talked about this. She was like, I was able to set a boundary with my mom. I told her she could only come over for two hours instead of spending the whole day with me. I'm like, and then I stopped her and I literally was like, we're doing a dance. Like you do understand how powerful that is that now you could use your voice and set a boundary with your mom. So that's how I measure progress. When they come in and they're like, I did this thing and, or I actually made a dis different decision this time around because of the discussion we had last week. I know that they're making strides toward the life that they want to lead. Do you, do you only counsel women? No. No. Okay. I, I primarily get women, right? Because I say it in my marketing, but I have currently have two male clients on my caseload. And the entire time I've been in business, I've always had at least one or two males. Mm. They usually get, ref they usually get referred to me. It's rare that somebody will just continuously reach out to me because again of my marketing, but usually whatever male clients I have, I end up seeing them for at least one to two years. So they stay. Is that a stigma when it comes to seeing a therapist that, well, I'm a man, so I need to go talk to a man or I'm a woman and I should talk to a woman. Is that something that people shouldn't give much weight to? It seems like an obvious answer, right? But what are your thoughts on that? It depends on what you need from therapy. Some people, for example, have struggled in their relationships with men. Like as a male, they've struggled mm -hmm. in their relationships with males. And a lot of times therapeutic relationships are an opportunity for a healing relationship, a different kind of situation. And so I would recommend that you go see a male because it gives you the opportunity to learn and do something different. Some people, some women have experienced trauma from men. And so maybe going to see a male therapist is going to actually be more triggering than helping. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It just really depends on what you're needing in any given moment. So I don't think there's a hard and fast rule. Okay. So we talked a little bit about setting boundaries, right? And you do counsel men. I need help really quick. I need to set boundaries <laughs> with social truth and logical genius. Okay. It refused to put respect on my name, Dr. Mel. How can I set boundaries and be like, yo, respect respect me as part of this trio? Respect and HLS are polar opposites. They just push <laughs> each other away. Yeah, it's just science. I don't know. You can't argue against science. <laughs> the hate is so real. I need therapy to deal with the hate that I get from these two guys. Yeah, this man definitely needs therapy. Speaking of someone else, I have a final question for you. Kanye West. Genius or needs therapy? Oh. <laughs> so, Kanye <laughs> West. So let me tell you, one of the most probably frustrating and dangerous clients, and by dangerous I mean like it's going to be really tricky to navigate, is a very smart or intellectual bipolar individual, like literally. Because that's the problem with Kanye. He's so smart. He's actually really, really smart. My guess is if he were to test this man's intelligence, and maybe somebody has, his cognitive abilities would be off the charts. 
Mm. Right. And so when he starts speaking and talking about certain things, you're like, oh, right. Like you're almost too smart for your own good. But he is really unwell. He's very, very ill. He is like severely bipolar and he is an individual who enjoys his mania. So sometimes Mm. people with bipolar don't stay on medication because they will say things like, I don't like how it dampens me. I don't like that it takes away my manic episodes because when people are manic, they feel amazing. You feel like you're on top of the world. You can do anything. You can say anything. You can make, you can spend money like crazy. You can go off on these rants. You can, and if you you notice with Kanye, sometimes Kanye is all over the media when he's manic. And sometimes you don't hear a peep out of him for months. Good point. That sounds, yeah, that's a very good, a good point. point. He is, he's in a depressive episode when you don't hear from him. And he's probably in a dark corner somewhere. So deeply depressed. So he's both. He's very smart. He is very ill. He has said he does not like medication because he likely enjoys what it feels like to be manic. But when that man is depressed, my guess is it's very, very dark. Wow. So we're going to go ahead and talk about the next segment of our show in which our topic for today is signs that a person may need therapy. So go ahead, Logical Genius, explain to our guest, Dr. Mel, what is going to happen in the next segment. All right, Dr. Mel, here's how it's going to go. We're going to present with you to you our list of what we think are the top five reasons a person should seek therapy. Why, why they think they should go see a therapist. Each of us, HLS, Social Juve, and myself, will present our, our list to you, and you get to decide who has the best list because we love to debate on this show, and we need someone to settle our debate, and you being the expert that you are can settle this debate for us. So you get to decide who goes first, and then after we present our list, you have to tell us who finished in third place, and who finished in first place. And we do not care about second place because if you're not first, you're last. Any questions? Have y'all heard each other's lists already? No, we have not. No, No, we have not. We have not. We have not. All right. So HLS, please tell Dr. Mel, what is the criteria for judging? Dr. Mel, you've heard a lot of people tell their business before. And you could determine whether or not someone maybe needs more therapy or less therapy or whether they made progress. So you have your own criteria in your own personal career. For this show, there is no criteria. Nada. You may like the fact that someone delivers their five cents eloquently. You may think that the list is the most logical list of all the three. You may feel bad for the person who's outside delivering their list. (laughs) There is no criteria. None. 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 So the first task that we ask of you is who do you want to hear from first? Ooh, I'm going to go with logical genius. Okay. First is first. That's how it usually goes. Dr. Mel, here's how, here's how we're going to do it. At number five, I'm going to get specific. I think you need therapy or need to see a therapist. If you're a young child or maybe even an adult, and you walk in on your parents having sex. Why do I say that? Because it goes into trauma, right? It can be a traumatic experience. And when you go through a traumatic experience, seeking therapy 
might be something you need to get you through that trauma. So number five, when you walk in on your parents having sex. Number four, on a more serious note, is if you have an addiction, right? It could be an addiction to drugs, sex, food, masturbation. You know, these things, people often think, oh, whatever, I can fix it myself. And in some cases, maybe you can, but most cases you can't. It's an addiction for a reason. And addiction is a disease, I think. At number three, if you have thoughts of harming yourself or harming others, that I think is a very, very significant sign of wanting to seek therapy or needing to seek therapy, because that is a very dangerous line that you're floating on, right? It's to, to have those thoughts about, especially harming yourself and others, it's scary. It's scary that you want to harm yourself and harm other people. At number two, we just talked about Kanye. If you have a mental health condition, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, a lot of these things involve medication and some form of therapy in conjunction with each other. And excluding therapy, especially, is very dangerous because medication doesn't solve everything. A lot of people are against medication, but therapy sessions would help in combination with the medication. And at number one, when everything's fine. People think that you have to go to therapy when there's something wrong with you, when you have a mental health condition, or when you think of harming yourself or others, or when you have an addiction, or when you're walking on your parents having sex. But when you think about it, therapy is good to help you sort out your life, right? You may not know you need therapy, or you may seem okay until you actually go talk to a therapist and kind of sort the things out that are in your head that you may not be, you may not think are a significant issue in your life. And going to therapy to help you get through things and think things through and make decisions in your life is a very beneficial factor. So again, number one for me is just when everything's okay, because usually when you go see, like, I don't want to compare this to fixing a car, but you know, you, you check up your car, you make sure that everything's okay and it's safe and it's functioning well, right? When you go see it, when the tires are falling off and the brakes are squeaking, at that point, your car is damaged and your car is broken. So when it comes to your mental health, you don't want to wait until you are at a point where you need the mental health and that you want it. It's self-maintenance, right? Self-awareness and self-maintenance. So that to me is number one. And Dr. Mel, those are my five cents. Who do you want to hear from next? HLS. HLS. His list was decent, a little underwhelming, but here we go. Here's my five cents on the top of that. Number five, maybe you need healthy coping mechanisms. Some people are turning to drugs. Some people drink. Some people stress over things and pace or cut themselves and scratch themselves. You need to cope. You need to find a way to cope. Maybe you're having too much sex and sex. Maybe, you, maybe as Logical Genius says, you saw your parents having sex and now you're coping, seeing what they did, and now you're having extra sex. You need healthy coping mechanisms. Number four, speaking of sex, you're questioning your sexual preferences. If you like men, you like men. If you like women, you like women. If you like men and women, you like men and women. But if you have to question why you like this, maybe you need to see a therapist. Maybe you have a fetish. Maybe you have a foot fetish. Maybe you have a foot fetish and you like to put duck sauce on someone's feet because that's part of your foot fetish. What? Yeah, I said it. It's a thing. It's a thing. Number three, traumatic life events. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe somebody you cared about passed away. Maybe you're going through a divorce. Maybe you're in some sort of political scandal, some church scandal. You need to talk to somebody about it. Dealing with a traumatic life event. 
Or maybe you saw your parents have sex. Trauma. Number two. Sometimes you just need someone to talk to. Who's not going to judge you. You could tell them about your duck sauce foot fetish. And just say, hey, listen. I don't know why. I don't know how to put these two things together. I like feet. I like duck sauce. And if you tell someone like Logical Genius, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. And sometimes you just need to express yourself. And number one. The number one reason why you need to see a therapist is if your name is Kanye West. And that's my five cents of the reason to see a therapist. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. There we I, go. I see, what they, I, I see what they did there, Dr. Mel. So everybody has taken an approach to this list. And my approach is more of kind of signs, things that people may overlook. So that's where I'm going with this list right here. You, you know it's going to be bad. Five. You know it's going to be bad because he had to put the disclaimer. He had to put the disclaimer. So you know it's going to be trash. <laughs> Let me it's explain why my disclaimer. list is going to be so bad. <laughs> it is just the approach. They took one approach. I'm taking another approach. And number five is being overwhelmed easily. So you may have had the strength and the patience for certain things. And then now you're seeing that you no longer have the strength or patience for these things. And you find yourself getting overwhelmed often and easier than you would in the past. So that would be my number five. Number four, if you happen to find yourself in a place where you're getting to extreme highs and possibly extreme lows after that, that might be a sign that you may want to talk to someone. Number three, I'm going to put it as an out-of-body experience. For myself, I did meet depression at one point in my life. And when I was in that depressive state, it was kind of crazy. It was really an out-of-body experience. And I could identify that I was depressed, but couldn't snap out of it. And it was, yeah, it was just an out-of-body experience. Number two, unhealthy coping mechanisms, such as using alcohol or drugs to cope. Finding other ways. I know that the other two guys said this one, but I think it's a big one. And number one, and this one might go under the radar, and that is a lack of motivation in daily tasks, such as housing chores, parenting, bathing, brushing teeth. I had an ex who was married to her husband, and he stopped brushing his teeth, so he probably could have used some therapy there. So that right there is my five cents on the topic. I wish you luck in the next section of the show. <laughs> so, Dr. Bell, at this, we're going to give you a chance to process, you know, dropping our list in the chat for you to see. I know you have a great memory, so you remember everything that we said. But I want to take this time to, to talk about Logical Geniuses list. I would talk about social if you already did it himself by giving a disclaimer because the list was trash. <laughs> Logical Genius. Walking in on your parents having sex. Well, that's tough to witness. That might be... A lot of times, children don't see affection between their parents. They don't see love between their parents. And sometimes people grow up not knowing and not realizing, hey, listen, you know, well, I never saw mom kiss daddy or daddy kiss mom. So they don't know how to behave in their older relationships. Talk, talk about it. Talk about it. True. But you're talking about kissing. That's different than walking in someone having sex, the, especially at an earlier age. And I'm obviously no therapist, but it might be difficult for that child to process what's going on or what they actually witness because they don't know in their mind what the concept of sexual sexual behavior or having sex is. Is mom hanging from the chandelier? Like what's happening? Maybe, here? maybe. If you were the dad and your mom, that might be a situation that you put your 
a child then. Who knows? But you know what's so um, funny? Oh, I'm sorry. Do you know what's so funny about this cross examination? And, and not to come to your aid, logical genius, but he used your example all up in his list. So I don't even understand <laughs> how he's cross-examining. No, I mean, it's, it, and it goes into Listen. the root of it. It's a traumatic experience because again, yeah. people process things differently. And even now, especially when you're Maybe when you're older, you're having, listen, it's great that if you see your parents having sex, because that means that they are still in love with each other and that they are attracted to each other. I think that's a great thing, but you can't deny that it could be a traumatic experience and you just need to process it. Okay. If you say so. So let me come back at you, HLS. Please. Why? I know know where you go. I mean, because it's a cop-out, right? You went at Kanye West. You mean, you went at Kanye West after Dr. Mel just just explained why he's going through what he's going through. And not everyone's Kanye West. So if I'm not, if I'm not Kanye West... What, how am I, How can I rely on your list to, to help me figure out if I need therapy? Because Dr. Mel, part of what we do on this show is we like to educate the people, right? We like to educate the people and we bring on an expert such as yourself who's knowledgeable. And HLS just said, if your name is Kanye West, go to therapy. Well, my name isn't Kanye West. Your name isn't Kanye West. And our listeners' names aren't Kanye West. Maybe Kanye West is listening and you reach that one person, but I don't know. But if you heard what Dr. Mel said, she said... He's bipolar. She said it. She said it loud and clear. I was paying attention. Were you paying yeah, attention? Yeah, but you said if I your name listening. is Kanye West. I was West. listening to what the doctor was saying. If your name is Kanye West and you're bipolar, you probably need to see a therapist. No, but you said. Be- because reading, he's manic. He's, I'm she reading said it, your list She right said now. it several times. It, I have receipts. several times. I oh, have receipts. It's there. I it said says your list. name is Kanye I West. By my it list. didn't say if your name is Kanye West and you're bipolar it's and you're schizophrenic and it's you're this. If your name is Kanye West, you need to see a therapist. We've all said it. We've all. Everybody knows it. It's number help. one. It doesn't it's help the one. people. It doesn't help the people. You're not educated. Your list doesn't help the people. It does. It does. So, so Jude, right. what's your cross-examination? So for me, and considering what the topic is, I personally don't want to bash anybody's list. So what I'm going to ask of both of you, since the topic is, I think, an important one, can you clarify one portion of your list, one item that you gave on your list that you want to elaborate a little bit further on? Can you please do so for cross-examination? Go ahead, HLS. I I just did. I just explained the Kanye thing. (laughs) So I don't feel the need to repeat myself. You the, know what? The, You're the absolute dis- nonsense. So you know what? You know what? I don't even want to direct this to you. Know what? I I want to direct this to you. Logical <laughs> genius. Help me out here. Just go um, ahead well, and elaborate me, on one of the other. No, I don't know if there's much more for me to elaborate. I would say my number one is a big one. I think, I think again, going back to what people think about therapy and that you need to go to therapy when something's wrong or you have some sort of issue. And that's not the case. Therapy's meant to help you in 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 various areas of your life whether you're depressed or happy or sad if you think about it talking to friends or talking to family members about stuff going on in your life is a form of therapy and some people just don't have have that person to talk to right some someone that can bounce something off of them because they just don't have that form of relationship so going to a therapist or seeing a therapist may help them in that aspect because they are lacking that connection with other people and they're not easily to reveal to someone they know because they're embarrassed, but they may be willing to reveal it to someone who is a stranger who may likely isn't going to judge them because they don't really know them and they're there to help. Thank you. And I will do the same thing. So for my number one, I just want to clarify that some more, that lack of motivation in daily tasks. I think some people may look at that 
and thinking that someone might be changing up on them or whatever, or I might've got caught up in a trap. This person ain't what they said that they might be. And it might just be a sign and one that gets overlooked, right? Because we're talking about the day-to-day, the mundane, right? That might be a sign that person or yourself, if you're experiencing these things, you may need some help. But once again, I think this is a very important topic. Very, I just wanted yeah. to give everyone, besides HLS, <laughs> an opportunity because HLS absolutely blew it. So, Dr. <laughs> Mel, it is now on you. It is well, judgment time. Doc, we, okay. Okay. Who's number three? So, because two doesn't matter. Oh, man. Two does no, not two, matter. Two doesn't matter. Two doesn't matter. Yeah. Damn. All right. So number three goes to HLS. <laughs> it was I mean, the I'm not even surprised by that anymore. That I'm was, not surprised. That was I don't know how. I don't know how. Well, Mel, this I, is I, why you need therapy because you need to see yourself. Right. You need to yeah. recognize who you are as a person. Seriously. And wow. recognize your list. Yeah. For the track list, that it was. My list was fire. I stand by my list. Am I, can I, do I get, do I give some sort of reasoning? Oh yeah, please, please explain why his list is trash. (laughs) So you had some good ones on there. The duck sauce was interesting. (laughs) No, it's, um, it wasn't the duck sauce. It's questioning why you're questioning your sexuality. Sometimes you need to talk to someone about that. Yes, you're right. So that's what I'm saying. There were some good wins on there. I do think the Kanye West one was a throwaway. So that one... And I also thought my, my, you know, because number two doesn't matter, I won't say, but number two also had a throwaway, right? So it's like these, they're hard to decipher. If the people are listening, I don't know if they can see themselves in the answer, right? So the mm. Kanye West one threw me. But I definitely agree with things like that are more specific, like questioning your sexual preferences or that traumatic life events and need someone to talk to. I think sometimes people are looking for big events, big things that are going to make therapy and are missing sometimes the small things. So like even this idea of like really just needing someone to talk to, I really like that one. The Kanye West lost you some points. I apologize. Mm. Being number one, you probably could have thrown it at number five, but having that as your number one, I mean, he's bipolar. He's bipolar. I think you were banking too much off of Dr. Mel's answer to the last question that I asked her. And I think you were banking too much on that. No, nobody wants to hear you, Sosa Juve. It's not the most. Even if you would have said, if you're bipolar, I think you don't actually really know that until you go to therapy. Mm. So yeah. I don't know if that's the reason you're going to go. You're going to go because of maybe what you're experiencing, but not necessarily because you know you have bipolar. Mm. Thank you for giving him that session right there, Dr. Mel. Thank you. <laughs> now we want to know who is number one, Dr. Mel. Number one. So my number one is Juve. Oh. So let me tell you why. I know, I know why. The parents having sex. I know why. I know why. <laughs> you know what I liked what he said? I liked your list because it was everyday real shit that, sorry, stuff that people are experiencing. Mm-hmm. You can cuss. Yeah. Is everyday real things that people can see themselves in. So being overwhelmed easily mm-hmm. or the lack of motivation to complete daily tasks, that's actually a really huge one that when people are experiencing that, I'm like, something is happening here. If you're so used to getting up every morning and working out and doing cooking breakfast for your family, and then all of a sudden it's a whole week and you can't get out of bed, you ain't mm-hmm. breakfast. 
you're not showering. That's a really huge indicator that something is going on. Same thing with like experiencing the highs and lows. Again, you don't know if you have bipolar, but let's figure out why you have these extremes. I just thought it was really easy. The out-of-body experience was also a really good one. You just uh, had some really that... good, relatable things that I think people could really, they can see themselves. Yeah, that out-of-body experience was real. Like, I, when I tell you I went through that, I went through that. And before I went through that, it's funny because depression right people would say all the time oh I'm depressed and I'm like and I'm usually the most happiest guy in the room so I didn't understand what depression was I was like what the heck is depression these people are just making this up they're just trying to create some sort of attention for themselves until I experienced that and I was like oh my god I'm depressed and it's like yo I can't snap out of this what is going on and also in 2007 I dated nothing but crazy women so I learned a lot from that (laughs) That's probably what got me into this depressive state. It's like, yo, dude, why are you just doing this? <laughs> but I want to say, Dr. Bell, thank you. I am the champ. Wait, hold on. The champ is here. Oh, That's boy. it. Yes, gentlemen. Yes. So real quick, there was actually one that I had as an honorable mention. And I've always been intrigued by this, Dr. Mel, because when I first got introduced to it, I was just like, wait a second, this isn't this isn't a suicidal threat? And that's the term cutting, when people cut themselves. Why is that not elevated more in the field in regards to being a danger to yourself? Because, we, okay, so self, it falls under the category of self-harm as opposed to like suicidal ideation. When people want to cut themselves or burn themselves or scratch themselves, it's usually about wanting to feel something. There's mm. so the they're so emotionally numb that they don't feel anything and so when Uh, they cut it's there's like a physical sensation right there's like a oh now I finally feel something and it's that pain or it's a release like they're holding so much pain when they cut it releases some of that built up like just very deep painful experience they don't usually want to kill themselves they just want to feel and that it's almost becomes a coping mechanism to deal with either I'm so numb I don't feel anything or the emotional pain that I'm feeling right now because of trauma abuse dealing with really deep depression I don't know what to do with all of it the cutting is almost like a right like there's a a release of some of that wow it's different categories Thank you. Thank you for answering that. That was my honorable mention. I was going to put it on the list, but I didn't understand it fully. So I felt like it would have been irresponsible if I put it on the list. So thank you for clarifying that for me. You're very welcome. That's a good honorable mention. <laughs> so Dr. So, Mel, go what, ahead. what would be on your list? What are um, some things that... These are the things that I put on my list. And some of it is similar to what y'all have named. So you actually are much more knowledgeable about mental health than you think. But so impacting your functioning. So if you're noticing some level of change in what, if you're sleeping, how much you're eating, whether or not you can get up and go to work or go to school, your sort of motivation, like you're naming to do daily tasks and things like that, that's a good indicator that maybe you need to go talk to somebody. If your friends and family are telling you that you need help, especially people you trust, sometimes we just don't see it. But if a friend or a family member is like, I think you might really benefit from talking to somebody and you're hearing that more than once, right? It might be something that 
they're seeing that you just aren't aware of or aren't recognizing. So that might be a good indicator. Yeah, this is along the lines of what you said, but not feeling like yourself. Like, you know, a lot of people have a good sense of who they are. Like when you wake up in the morning, it's yeah, I might have a sad day, but what happens when that becomes two weeks and I just don't feel like I don't have the same energy I used to have. I'm not going out and playing basketball like I used to. This reading thing that I love to read, but I can't even find joy in a book anymore right? You're not, you're just not feeling like you. That may be an indicator, like something's up, right? Like something's shifting inside of you that you want to check on. Trauma is a really big one. And it doesn't necessarily just have to be things like when we think about trauma, we sometimes think about like abuse or sexual assault, right? It may be that like you were in a bad car accident. Mm, or no. You like had some some type of near-death experience or you lost a loved one that's all trauma and we sometimes think about the big t's with trauma things mm-hmm. like abuse but don't forget the little t's right so like work like walking in on your parents having sex that's a little t i think your parents having sex yes that can be traumatic mm-hmm. especially depending on how they talk to you about it afterwards if they don't talk to you if they try to make it taboo um <laughs> Little T's are also like a microaggressions you experienced at work that can build up and turn into something bigger. A breakup with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, right? Like sometimes we think of that trauma has to be these major life events, but little things can throw us off too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then my other one is major life transitions. So divorces, new jobs, being fired, moving, starting a podcast, right? Like all those things. (laughs) Sometimes we just need support around some of these changes that we're trying to make in our lives. So we may need to like have somebody help us and talk us through that. Becoming a parent, right? All of those things are major life transitions. And sometimes we just need a little help and support. Yeah. Nice. So I have a question going back to what you said about when your friends or family members are telling you, you need, that's one of the difficult things I think with hearing it, right? Because getting people to believe that they need therapy. And I don't know if there's a way to convince someone, but how do you bypass that stigma? Like, I don't need therapy. I'm all, I'm fine. I'm just having a bad day. But if you see someone who's struggling and you really think that they would benefit from therapy, how do you break that, that hurdle of them not wanting to go or because they're ashamed or embarrassed or they just think it's mumbo jumbo like how do you get past that how do you navigate that yeah I think one thing to remember is like the minute we start telling people like what to do things like you yeah yeah therapy they're gonna get defensive so they're not gonna hear that but you can Mm -hmm. say it like I wouldn't probably do this to my friend that I've person I've known like two weeks but somebody who I know like my spouse or my kid Mm -hmm. or my parents I might say like, I'm really worried about you. Like I've seen the changes. I've noticed that you're waking up with bad dreams at night, or I've noticed that you just aren't like finding a lot of joy in the things that we used to find joy in, right? Have you ever thought about talking to somebody? So it would be like a gentle conversation and I would back it up with what I've observed and maybe is impacting our relationship or how I've seen it impacting, for example, addiction, which is one of the biggest reasons why we might say to somebody, hey, you need to seek help. And it's hard when people are addicted to substances or addicted to sex or addicted to whatever that is. It's that that behavior serving a function. So for them to stop is really hard. But I think, again, gentle. I'm concerned about you. I'm worried about you. This is what I'm seeing. And I don't know how much longer you're going to be able to sustain what you're doing without really getting hurt. I'm wondering if you've ever thought about and open the dialogue, yeah. right? Let's yeah. have a discussion about it. 
offer to help. I can look, you could say, I can look up like a few therapists for you. I can ask my friend who I know is a therapist to send some recommendations. Would you be open to that? And that way people feel like they still have choice and it's not a, you need to do this because I told you. Right. Mm. Good advice. Some good advice. Yeah. So Dr. Mel, what we do on the show, we do what we call a people's poll. We go ahead and hit up the socials and ask people what they think about the topic there. Logical genius. You mind breaking down the people's poll? Sure. So as so so Drew said, Dr. Mel, that we hit up our audience on the socials and see what what they thought were reasons for someone to to seek therapy. And they touched on some of the things we talked about on the show. One of the things was emotional outbursts. I guess when you're having different emotional outbursts, uh, it's probably a sign. This is an interesting one. I'm not sure. Maybe you can probably elaborate. People who constantly apologize. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, people. That's a good one. So that usually means two things. One of two things. One, it's a, a people pleaser. So there people will, for example, if you say, Hey, can you take out the trash tomorrow morning? And somebody's like, no, I don't have time. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's like, I'm sorry for, you almost say I'm mm-hmm. sorry for my existence. I'm sorry I even asked. So some of that is either right where people pleasing, I'm trying to like make everybody like me. And if somebody says no, or if somebody doesn't like something I've said, or a way of set a boundary, I need to apologize so they don't get mad or they're just like, super anxious right? They're so, so anxious. They have a lot of insecurities that they feel like they need to apologize so that they don't lose friendships. They don't lose connections. Hmm. Interesting. The other thing was uncontrollable, unhealthy habits. I would assume that kind of fall along the lines of addiction, drugs, yeah, coping mechanisms. One is physical illness. I guess you hear it often, I think, for in, in the world, right? Athletes who are at the top of their game, they get injured and- they're unable to perform or be the way they used to be because they are physically incapable of being what they used to be because of a severe injury. So that's, that's a, a very, very interesting one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, actually for me, my stress goes right to my lower back. When I'm stressed, my lower back tightens up and then I'm like, oh my gosh. And that's an indicator that I'm not in a good spot. It's That's actually a good point, Drew. Is that a real thing, Dr. Mel? Like when you have, when you're stressed, you're physically feeling certain things like your lower back pain or you're sweating a lot or headaches or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's called psychosomatic symptoms. And usually, psychosomatic. yeah. So usually there, if you would, were to go to a doctor, they would be like, there's nothing wrong. Like your muscles look fine. I've taken an x-ray or I've, I've done your blood work. I don't really see anything happening. It's because a lot of times our um, our mental health symptoms can manifest themselves physically, especially mm. if we're not acknowledging a thing, right? So if we're not acknowledging that we're stressed, if we're not acknowledging that we're anxious or we're angry, right? That feeling needs an exit. And so if you don't want to actually talk about it or acknowledge that you're in this space, your body absorbs that. And so you may have lower back pain. You may have chronic headaches. You may find that you have panic attacks because that's your body's way of saying, hey, me, this feeling wants to be heard and you're not hearing it. So here you go. Okay. And lastly, it's suicidal thoughts. We touched on that a little bit here, but suicidal thoughts is obviously a big one. And if you're having those thoughts, seeking mental health or mental health would be something that's highly recommended, but that's what the people said. Really good. Thank you, Logical Genius. And I want to thank you again, Dr. Mel, for being on the show. 
if someone wanted to obtain your services or follow you, is there any method in which they can do that? Where are you at on the socials? So on on all social media platforms, it's I am Dr. Mel. So I A M D R. M-E-L. And then if you want to come work with us, it's the name of my practice is Renewed Focus Psychology Services. And the website is a renewedfocus.com. Awesome. Thank you. So go ahead and follow her on the socials. Go ahead. If you are looking for employment, reach out to her as well. That's such a beautiful thing. Employing people. We're going to go ahead and say goodnight to people. We're going to start off with HLS, who is our third place loser today uh i will be seeking your services dr mel because i am severely depressed that i lost this one <laughs> so check out for check me out on the renewed focus i'll be hitting up the socials okay. good night everyone i'm sad i'm sad <laughs> <laughs> good night oh my gosh logical genius go ahead and say good night to the people listen people if you walk in on your parents having sex and you think there's something wrong with them or you're having issues go seek help because it's not just you. It's a lot of people that have to deal with that. It's, it's a traumatic experience. And here I am, once again, the champ. The champion for this week. The champion of people with mental health. Go ahead and get yourself, I don't want to say checked out, but go ahead and talk to someone. Mm-hmm. And I think as Logical Genius said, talk, even talk to a friend and a family member at first. Go ahead, do that. They can help you and maybe guide you and support to someone who has an expertise like Dr. Mel. This is definitely, although we, you know, had some late points in the show, this is something that we take seriously. And we want to advise everyone to please, 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 please go ahead and take care of your mental health, especially sure. after this global pandemic that we went through. We all have been traumatized. Recognize that, realize that. So once again, I just want to say good night to the people and Dr. Mel. Your decision-making was quite impeccable. Please <laughs> go ahead and say goodnight to the people. I just want to say thank you to all of you, Logical Genius, HLS, So So Jew, for having me on. This was a great conversation. And, you know, I picked my winner. I'm still proud of my pick. I'm sorry to all those <laughs> who lost. <laughs> but I hope y'all have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>